You are listening to Words of Jen, where I read to you one piece of my writing in each and every episode. This is Jen, and I am participating in NotPodPomo Pomo 2021. This episode is part of that collection. I'm hoping to complete 30 podcasts in this month, and we'll see how it goes. The 1997 collection is where I read to you pieces from a journal that I was required to write as part of my student teaching experience back in 1997. I'm going to pick up where we left off and read you a couple of things instead of just one because some of them are very short and I don't want to make tiny episodes, but short episodes are okay, just not teeny tiny ones in my opinion for me personally. So I'm going to pick up with the journal here. August 19, 1997, Tuesday. Today, I filled out the forms for my teaching certificate. At yesterday's meeting, it was clear that it was important to turn this in ASAP. I intend to go turn it in at records and registration tomorrow. Still no word from Mr. D about what time to show up and at which school. To explain some of that, um, I've changed the names of everyone and all of the schools, everyone I encounter in all the schools, just to be kind. And it's, you know, it, everything took place in 1997, so I assume no one is still there at this point in time. And I, in fact, am not still anywhere in the state I was uh, teaching in or trying to get student teaching credentials in and then taught in. So I'm just shortening names to, the, to a letter and a title, and I'm shortening the schools to a letter. So the next day is another short one. August 20, 1997. Wednesday. Today, I turned in the forms for my teaching certificate, the transcript request form, and the graduation form. I also paid all the fees. That should do it. So these are just little pieces of tedium that I had to do in order to get my degree. So this was just some of the, like, the things you got to do sort of stuff for student teaching, which aren't necessarily fun and maybe stressful and actually cost money in some cases. You have to pay for your graduation form and the transcript request form and your teaching certificate and all this stuff. And it just seems weird considering at the time my thought process was, I'm already paying you a bunch of money to go to your school. Why am I paying you more for things that I should have for free because I've been paying you a bunch of money? But... Anyway, that's how it went. I'm going to read you a couple more that were relevant at the time and may still be relevant today. August 21, 1997. Thursday. Today I learned that the teachers in the town I live in have gone on strike. I found out because I went to work today and one of the other women who worked there came in. She said she would like to keep her job because the school has gone on strike and she couldn't student teach. I also got a call from Mr. D. He said I should arrive at C school on Monday between 7.30 and 8 o'clock. He also said that the meeting today was not something he wanted me to attend because they got their contract signed and some people were mad. August 22, 1997, Friday. Today I learned that the school district where I live has settled and they are no longer on strike. And at the time, when I was writing the Thursday and the Friday one that I just read off, I was kind of alarmed because it didn't occur to me that the teachers would strike in the town that I lived in. 
And it was a little weird. It was a little bit weird because the schools that I was going to be student teaching in were not in the town I lived in. They were a little bit farther out and I needed someone to drive me because I didn't I didn't have a driver's license yet. And some of this some of the reason for this, long story short, is I did not know I had fibromyalgia back then, and neither did any doctor in the entire United States because they didn't know anything about it at the time. But even then, my ability to turn the wheel and hit the brake and move appropriately to switch lanes was inhibited by my disease, which no one knew about. So I needed someone else to drive me to the other schools that were not in my town. If they were in my town, I could have probably walked there. It wasn't such a huge town, but that was the case. And I don't remember what job I was in before I started student teaching because I had several jobs at the time. So I don't know which one it was where the person came in and said she would like to keep her job because the teachers had gone on strike and she was going to student teach at a school in the town where the college was and that we lived in, both of us. Otherwise, I mean, you know, if she lived from far away, why would she come here, you know? It was a good place at the time, but and it was a good school, but it was just kind of like, it never occurred to me that could happen. It never once occurred to me that you could be stopped from making progress towards your degree, which required student teaching, because the teachers had gone on strike for an indefinite amount of time. That seemed really terrifying, and I was hoping that since the schools I was going to be teaching at, student teaching at, weren't part of that group, then maybe I would be okay. And it's it's a little weird, like I said. Now, in addition, it turned out that the school where I was going to go, people got their contract signed and they were mad. So with that information from the person I was going to be student teaching under, I had concerns that maybe the same thing could afflict me and I would be stuck without a teaching Uh, a student teaching position, and then what would I do? Where would the money I spent on this semester go? Would I have to pay again? I had all these thoughts running through my head at the time and no way to figure out how to fix it. But the schools in the town I lived in and that the college was in, the teacher strike went, you know, just disappeared the next day. So I guess they got what they wanted. Things happen, but there's a lot of things I learned that did not have anything to do with lesson plans or teaching. It was like some of this stuff, like the teacher strike around me that it never occurred to me. And our professors never ever mentioned anything like, well, it's possible the school you're in, the teachers might go on strike. And then, well, you know, and not really explain what to do after that. So yeah, there's that. And I'm going to do one more little piece because I can. And then I'll do, I think I have some bigger ones coming up that have more stuff in them. Oh yeah, I wrote a lot of stuff for the next one. So I'll just do the one I'm about to do and then the next one will be in the next episode because it'll take longer, I think. August 25, 1997, Monday. Today was my first day of student teaching. What I accomplished today. I got a tour of all three schools. I met all the faculty that was possible at all three schools. I picked up a handbook of policy of all three schools and we'll read it tonight. Mr. D and I discussed which school to be at on what day, how long I would be observing, when I would be teaching, possible ideas for lesson plans, the possibility of me observing the art teacher at a different school sometime. Lesson plan ideas, something ceramic, possibly coil and something multicultural. Paper making, candle making. 
I'm also going to bring in my lesson plan on the Haida totem poles for something that Mr. D is doing. Something valuable I learned today. Speaking even the amount of Spanish I do, which is a fair amount, is extremely beneficial. There are many students here who don't speak much English. And that's the end of that part of it. Now to clarify things a little bit more as these memories come back. So three schools, different students in every school. I would need to learn their names. I would need to, I didn't understand this fully at this point, but I would need to grade all their stuff. And I had no idea how much time that took yet. I hadn't gotten there yet, but that is what occurred. The idea that I could maybe observe an art teacher at another school that wasn't part of my student teaching plan, I wouldn't have minded if I knew where the school was. It wasn't in the town I was in. It wasn't in the town I was teaching in. And I had no idea if my professor would be like, sure, loan her out to another school. That's fine. I don't know. I didn't even, it didn't occur to me. So there was that. Now the lesson plans at the time I was student teaching, it was shortly after I had a job at the student recreation area or something like that. I don't remember the official name, but it had a gym and then off to the side, it had like an arts and crafts room and it had kilns, like actual kilns run on gas with little cones you had to put at them to make sure the thing was done. And put in all the, the artwork that was properly dried enough and hopefully separated enough so things that blew up didn't take out everybody else's work, all that kind of stuff. And I was in charge of those for the whole time that I worked there. And sometimes I was the only person in that area because they didn't need anybody else to do the kilns and I was the only one who knew how. And I wanted to learn how because I wanted to include ceramics in my teaching after I got my degree. So it was something I was considering of, you know, maybe do some coil pots because they're pretty simple to do. They, you can teach it to children. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be big. It just gives them an, a start, you know, as to how to do ceramics and things like that. So that was the idea. We didn't end up doing that. And um, I don't know where candle making came in because I've never done that. So maybe that was something that Mr. D had suggested. The speaking Spanish. Okay, there was a couple of reasons why it was good for me to speak Spanish. Now, first of all, I grew up in an area that was multicultural in many ways, and many people spoke Spanish. Some of my friends spoke Spanish. I learned Spanish from them. They learned English from me. We got along just fine. And when I, I did run into some of the students while we were going through tours of the schools for that, and some of them spoke Spanish. And so I could tell them at the very least, you know, hello, I am a teacher and this sort of thing. And they seemed to think that was cool because at the time it didn't seem like many of the white teachers knew any Spanish. And I did. So I think that helped them, you know, feel like I was going to be kind to them. It's always good to make your students feel welcome in whatever simple way you can. And that was my way of doing it at the time. So that's basically where I'm going to stop for today. And I'll pick this up tomorrow with a really long post where I had much to say. And honestly, I don't remember what it was I wrote. So we'll find that out together in the next episode for Napa Pomo 2021.